Hello, I'm Monique Renee, and this is Fierce and Flowing, the podcast for women leaders seeking to harness their purpose and power while designing sacred lives of freedom and flow. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Fierce and Flowing. Happy New Year. I can't believe that we are already almost at the end of January 2024. I feel like the end of the year and the beginning of the year just flew by. And I did take a little bit of a break to spend time with family, um, move one of my kids from one part of the country to another, and I am back and ready to share some more fierce conversations with all of you. So today, I'm really excited to share episode 23. My fierce conversation today is with Fern Khan. She is the founder of Dancing Lion Yoga Studio. And we discuss various topics, including her journey of being a business owner, the struggle of the pandemic, finding her dharma, and working with family members. This is an absolutely wonderful episode for those of you who may be women creators, healers, and entrepreneurs who want to ignite the roar within you and really bring your dreams to life. I think you're going to just love this conversation. So hop in, take a listen, let me know uh, what you think about it. And if you have any questions, I would love to hear from many of you. So make sure to reach out to me and connect with me on Instagram. You'll find all of that information in the show notes. In addition, I want to share with you that in February, early February, I'm launching a Women Leaders Forum. And um, I still have availability in that forum. So if you are a person who is seeking to connect with other women uh, who want to really dive into their purpose to bring more clarity into their lives about what they are here to do, the impact that they are here to make. Perhaps you're going through a transition in your life and you want to make the right decisions and really connect with your with your authenticity and with your leadership. This is a wonderful group for you. So again, check it out in the show notes. It starts February 7th. So if you are interested, make sure to click on that link and get registered or reach out to me if you have any questions. I also want to share, because it's the beginning of the year, it is a wonderful time to really step into your power. Okay. And what does that entail? Okay. That entails really understanding who you are. Okay. The um, aspects of your authenticity, of your unique personality. And I am so happy that I have a fantastic tool that I call the flow roadmap that I have created to not only help you connect with that information about yourself, um, but also to give you the information that's going to help you really succeed in 2024. What is the energy of the year for you? What does it mean? What are you meant to learn and take action on this year? And also, what does that energy look like uniquely for you month to month, quarter to quarter? I have a program called A Year of Flow, where I not only share this information with you in depth, I work with you every quarter to help you plan for success in that quarter, in all areas of your life, personal, professional, mind, body, spirit. 
And so, again, if you're looking for something that's going to help give you the guidance, the direction, and live authentically and on purpose, I would absolutely love to have you in my Year of Flow program. So that information as well is in my show notes. And I really look forward to hearing from some of you. Enjoy this episode and have a great start to your new year. Take care. Welcome to another beautiful day where we are having um, a powerful and fierce conversation. And I'm so excited to have Fern Khan with me. And she is the founder of Dancing Lion Yoga Studio here in South Florida. Uh, But she has so much wisdom to share with us today. And we're going to be talking about a lot. We're going to be talking about, um, you know, being a business owner. We're going to be talking about um, the struggle of the pandemic and coming out of it on the other side. Hi, Paula. Welcome. We're going to be talking about our dharma. Like, how do we figure out what our dharma is and how to how to apply it? Um, also, working with family members. Like, there's so much that um, we have the potential of talking about today. And I'm just grateful to Fern for making the time and and being a part of this community and sharing her her story with us today. So with that, Fern, um, welcome. I'd love to give you like, you know, a minute or so just for you Mm -hmm. to introduce yourself, um, you know, dropping in anything that I missed that you'd like for these women to know about you. And then we'll go ahead and start talking about a fierce moment in your life that you'd like to share with us today. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Um, you know, I tend to be more of an introvert. So this is, you know, a, a stretch for me because my life's work has been so important. And when I opened a studio, I realized just how important a safe space is for our community, especially as we waded through a pandemic. But just a little bit about me. Um, I grew up in New York. I danced professionally. I own a yoga studio, but that was pretty much accidental. (laughs) I never set out to do it. And that's a story in itself. But here I am. And we are actually getting ready to celebrate our third year in July, we'll be having a big event here in Delray to celebrate that. And I I include three years with the pandemic. (laughs) I subtract that time of being down. But nonetheless, we were here um, sustaining our community and also the community sustaining us. Um, I'm very grateful for everybody that's been in my life sustaining. Um, I came to yoga in a little different uh, avenue. Um, I danced my whole life. I was a personal trainer for many years. And then I found yoga and then it's been pretty much my life's purpose. I use it as a healing art and um, a way to bring people together and that's, that's the focus of my days. Um, I live and breathe it. And as a studio owner, I really live and breathe it 24-7. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. So thank you for asking that. You're welcome. So we, we have dancing in common. Um, I was so happy yeah. to see that. I, I um, you know, I, I tell people that it's so, and I'm sure this is the same with anyone who has an art that they've fallen in love with and uh-huh. been called to all of their life. But 
Um, but for me, you know, um, love meeting others who, who, who have dancing as one of their Dharma pieces in their life. Right. And one of those, um, those art forms that, you know, is healing in and of itself. Mm -hmm. I know I have so many moments where I just recognize that this dancing for me is one of the ways that I commune with the divine, you know, it just takes me to a completely different place. And, and hopefully for all of you with, with whatever that is, I I have so many women in this community. I I think the majority of us are creators in some way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. And whether it's dancing or music or art or, um, you know, um, design, there's so many, many artistic avenues that become a source of healing and of inspiration, um, connecting us to source, but also a form of healing that, Mm -hmm. you know, we don't always get to choose it as our career, but but definitely recommend that we keep it in our lives in some way, shape or form, you know? Um, so it's so wonderful it's, to hear that that transition happened for you from dancing yeah. into, into yoga. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because, you know, Dancing Lion Studio, really, the name had nothing to do with dancing per se. It right. came to me in a moment where I was thinking about, you know, just the movement of the asana dancing lion, which you move freely without any restrictions and the name really elicits the feeling of, you know, coming to this practice as you are. And we want everybody to come to my studio just as they are. And that's really the name. People think it's sometimes pertains to dance, but it really didn't. It pertains to the freedom of movement and freedom to be who you are in our space. As it stands, I am a trained dancer. And it's interesting because, um, one of the things I'm trained in is the Martha Graham technique. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the movements in retrospect, this is before I knew yoga, actually um, are quite yogic-like. The movement yes. of the breath, the, the um, working with nature. So mm-hmm. that has been really enlightening to me. So, and that's just another aside. <laughs> I wanted people to know where Dancing Lion came from. And it really yes. is the freedom of the asana where everybody shows up just the way they are. And that's how we want people to be here. Um, well, and I think it speaks to, you know, some of what you've already said, which we'll dive into a little bit deeper, but these little moments, right, that just mm-hmm. show up in our lives that are not accidental, right? And so you spoke about <laughs> um, coming into being a yoga um, studio owner accidentally. Mm-hmm. And then of course, mm-hmm. you know, my, my spiritual belief is that nothing happens by accident. And these little oh, moments, yes. <laughs> if we really are conscious and pay attention to them every single day, they bring so much joy in our lives. And they also give us the opportunity to really understand and step into our Dharma. Right. And totally. So I'll stop right there. We'll dive into these topics a little <laughs> bit more deeply, but yep. I'd love to give you the opportunity to mm-hmm. um, speak about a moment, whether it's in the past or recently, that you really connected with this idea that I, as Fern, you know, had um, stood in stood up for myself in a fierce way, or did something in my life that was fierce, right? However you define that. What was that Ooh, moment for okay. you? So <laughs> I think, well, I, I step up 
fiercely <laughs> very often. I mean, running a yoga studio is not for the faint of heart. Yeah. Um, it is a challenging profession. And I have uh, had other careers and have done other things. But I think the day that we had to shut down for the pandemic, you know, I had to make a choice. You know, I can just shut down and not continue to go. But I dug down deep and realized that that's what my community needed most is to have to feel connected to a space. And I didn't even know what Zoom was at that time, literally. <laughs> so I would come into this studio. And back then, you weren't even really supposed to be on the streets. You know, the, the yeah. Delray police were coming door to door. So I'd hide in the corner. <laughs> I'm in my studio now. I'd hide in the corner and set up the Zoom. And within a week, figured it out and figured out how to bring my community together. Um, and that was such a powerful lesson for me. Um, sometimes it felt quite lonely. Sometimes it can still feel quite lonely, sure. but I know that, um, at this point in my life, this is my purpose. Um, I, I have no doubt <laughs> in what I am doing right now. Right. So, um, I love that. Let's, let's dive into that a little bit more because this mm -hmm. is, um, a topic that comes up um, yes. all the time. I'm, you know, a, a life and business coach and it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter how much experience mm -hmm. you have. It doesn't matter if you had a stellar career before you're doing whatever it is you're doing now. Right. The topic of who am I, why am I mm -hmm. here and what is my purpose mm -hmm. comes up so often. And, um, and so it's so wonderful to have dialogue with other women who who have who have felt that and who have gone through it and come out on the yeah. other end That's and big so for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah i'd love to know and i'm sure everyone who watches this is going to really benefit from this how did you know that you hit on it that okay that this <laughs> was your dharma yeah so you know i've danced my whole life i was a personal trainer for many years um, always working with people, always helping people. I taught aerobics. Um, there's even a little known picture of me and Richard Simmons. <laughs> <laughs> I love yeah, him. I, I know. So I taught aerobics. I taught kickboxing. I've taught step aerobics. I mean, I've been in the health and wellness field my whole life. But back in the day where when I grew up, some a little older than some people, um, you know, it wasn't really a career path. Right. So I got my business degree. I'm actually a real estate broker. I published okay. two magazines. So I've had all of these parallel universes, but at the same time, I've always been a teacher. Right. And that is my passion. And yes. that was what I love. And there's nothing more than I wanted to do in my life. So I continue to teach. I've taught in all local country clubs in South Florida. I actually started in New York um, and then um, became a yoga teacher and realized, wow, that's, that's the part that I'm missing, the mind-body connection that's so important. Yeah. Um, and when I came face-to-face -face with owning a studio, it literally has never, it never crossed my mind before that. Right. People can't understand that. It was actually put in front of me. And originally I was sharing this space 
And that person backed out. Okay. And I had to sit for 30 seconds and realize that this is where my dharma is. Like the universe pushed me to <laughs> this point, literally. Yeah. And realize there's nothing more than than um, holding space for people and teaching and um, opening up the avenues of dialogue of what yoga really is. Right. And having a safe space for everybody and having a place of community and connection. And I do hold teacher trainings here now. Um, That's beautiful. And the underlying theme was, is that I finally had to believe in my dharma. There you go. <laughs> so what okay. happens in your life is, yeah. well, that's not a career or, you know, these are things that are dialogues that have been told to me, you know, well, that's yes. not a career teaching yoga. That's not a career. And, you know, it's more of a career now than when I first started over sure. 35 years ago, I've been in this business. It's over 35 years now. Yeah. Um, long time. <laughs> but I finally reached a point in my life where I said, I can't do anything but this. Okay. Like oh. I can't, I can't do anything but this, like my soul and my, I cannot do any, it really reaches a point where you just can't do anything but this. Sure. And I, you know, and I, I'm sorry, continue. Yeah. Go ahead. I wake up every day and I check in. Yeah. I literally check in with myself. Does this bring me joy? Is this my purpose? Because at any point I don't, I don't identify as a studio owner. Right. You know, a lot of people have that. Like I could shut down if I needed to. I'm not intending to, but right. I check in with myself. Is am I serving a greater good? And do I bring joy to myself? Right. That's that's really what I have to think about. Yeah. Um, because if I can bring joy to myself, if I'm living my dharma, which I am finally, totally a hundred percent, then I can really serve others in that way. Yeah. And hold space for people. And I really am doing, like, I wake up every day, like, even with all that's gone on and all the struggles of owning a studio, it is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. I wake up just filled with intention and joy. And, you know, and until that goes, I'm going to keep doing this. You're going to keep doing um, yeah. th this is my dharma. I am just yeah. meant to do this. I'm meant to teach. I'm meant to do this. It's been my life's focus and I've meandered through a lot of different things, but all of those have helped me become who I am today sure. and be a business owner and hold space and detach from my feelings sometimes and think about what's the greater good. And that's how I treat all my teachers Mm -hmm. And everybody that's around me, sometimes you have to separate from your own ego right? and do what's the greater good. And um, absolutely, I get to do that every day. I love I get this. To do that every day. You know, part of what I'm hearing, and, and um, we talk a lot about, you know, this and in, in coaching, whether it's mm -hmm. business coaching or spiritual coaching, is really paying attention, right, to to your mm -hmm. inner dialogue, to the, the urgings of your soul, to the patterns. And, and it sounds like you, you know, you were able to really pick up on that thread that was running through your entire life and everything you did, no matter what it was. And for you, it boiled down to being a teacher, you know? And so mm -hmm. being able to connect with that sounds like was a big 
part of your dharma and and realizing your dharma and then the other which i have to laugh because i think we we all have experienced this in the last few years but it happens to each of us at different moments in our life which mm -hmm. is you know god or the universe kind of laughs at all the plans you've created right <laughs> because of totally right the way we were raised oh mom and dad wants me to be a real estate broker exactly. i'm supposed to be an attorney or mm -hmm. i'm supposed to be you know whatever a doctor and yet there's this voice inside that i have to keep pushing down mm -hmm. and i refuse to listen to that is core to who i am and core to my dharma Yes. And and so sometimes the universe will kind of just like throw it in front of you. And at that moment, it's like, are you going to pay attention to all of the perfectly designed plans that you have created? Or are you going to listen to your soul and this beautiful mm -hmm. golden opportunity that has been laid down right in front of you and say, oh, my God, this is it, <laughs> you know? So, you know, it's true. And. In the yogic teachings, we have um, these underlying principles of one of them is the kleshas, where we have the fears and doubts. Mm. And so that's what gets in the way of living our dharma. You know, yes. we are conditioned to think about things in a fearful way or not wanting to step out. And I'm guilty of that. You know, I, I always lived a more safe um, type of existence. And it reached a point where I just could not be but myself. Right. Yes. And once I did that, the fears I mean, just diminished. I was able to step into a leadership role. I was able to give of myself. I've done so many teacher trainings and so many trainings. There's a time where you have to just stop doing the learning and start sharing the gifts with the universe. Right. And once I decided to um, listen to my dharma, that inner dialogue, that is my life's purpose. And I've done a lot of work around that. I, I, I study with Yoga Rupa, Rod Stryker. He has a beautiful um, yeah. Four Desires um, workshop, which really lets you tap in and do that inner work. And I lead a wisdom board retreat, not a vision board. And I have people <laughs> step in to their inner wisdom. And I yeah. do a lot of that work. Yes. And sometimes it's just the fears and doubts or conditions of our childhood that keep us from our true north, our true purpose. Yeah. And sometimes it's a little age and wisdom <laughs> that you just say, I'm tired of not doing what I should be doing. You, yeah, exactly. So, exactly. And I think we have to be gentle yeah. with ourselves sometimes because it, it, it's mm -hmm. not always easy to um, quiet the fearful voice. And yes. this is where so many practices, spiritual practices and information can really help us, which is why I do what I do. You know, there, there's a lot of answers yeah, in astrology to help yes. us, you know, um, yes. validate who we are mm -hmm. and step into our power and um, and getting quiet enough and finding what our daily flow should be so we can actually be in tune with, yes. with our soul and hear and hear that's, the voices. Right. That's so a beautiful thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, no, go ahead. That's the beautiful thing about yoga. You know, yeah. it is a physical practice, but um, it is a practice to end suffering. Yes. And so the way I teach, um, you know, obviously the asana moves the energy in the body, but many of us are not quiet enough to listen to our dharma. And we are 
keep feeding off the fears of what we've been told. And so if you can come to the mat and move your body and just be with the breath, that quiet voice within will tell you. Yes. And if you can move fearfully in that direction, you'll find your purpose in life. And, you know, I lead teacher trainings and I cannot tell you how many people have gone from what they thought they wanted into finally stepping into really what they should be because they just sat and listened. And sometimes that's yoga. It doesn't have to be warriors or right. you know, standing on your head. Sometimes just this inner dialogue of listening will bring you to this place of peace. Yeah, I've heard so many stories of uh, a lot of friends who have become certified yoga teachers and, Mm -hmm. and at first, and and many of them came from the dancing background because that, that was my background and it was a way for them to continue, um, you know, the, the art of, of using their body of, Mm -hmm. you know, putting energy into their body and then that energy Mm -hmm. out into the world. But what ended up happening was a very spiritual transformation for them. Um, you know, so sometimes it starts with the mind or starts with the body, but when it can end with that, being able to recognize it as, um, a truly spiritual practice that can change life. It's, um, it's really amazing. You know, I I always say when I teach, you know, yoga particularly is, um, there's something there that you feel and you may not have been a spiritual person before. And I, and um, I wasn't really raised that way. I've become so because of my yoga. Like I feel it. But there's something there in a good teaching that goes beyond the physical that you just, it's hard to explain. It's like a certain flavor in a recipe. Yeah. But when you are practicing it, you get it. You get it, <laughs> you, get it you know? Yeah. And I'm sure that it also takes consistency, right? Like any other spiritual yeah, practice. Absolutely. Is- you know, showing yes. up, showing up showing to the map, up. they say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, Bern, I'd love to to jump into the, the work that you've done, you know, with your studio, especially during the pandemic, um, this yes. concept of, of ending suffering, um, mm-hmm. of helping others really work with the anxiety that came up during the pandemic. Um, how did that transpire obviously you had Mm. to shift your entire business plan um and structure during during covid and it sounds like you you ended up really really um getting into that space where you could help others end their suffering reduce their anxiety can you talk a little bit about how that manifested and and what you did well none of us are um I don't think there's anybody on the planet that hasn't experienced some anxiety in the past couple of years. So, you know, I always work from a felt experience. And I I know that if I'm feeling something that I'm sure others are. When we first shut down, um, admittedly, I was in overwhelm. First of all, I didn't know anything about Zoom. So I had to learn the technology. But then I realized that people just wanted to come together and feel a sense of community, even off of Zoom. And so what was interesting is I led my first studio teacher training the month after we shut down. It wasn't by design. So I had a whole team of people I had to bring together on Zoom 
Wow. In a 200 hour teacher training. So uh, it wasn't for the faint of heart. Right. Right. <laughs> but I use the tools of my life experience and the yogic principles to bring people together in a way that has served me till this day. People want to feel like they are heard. People want to feel like that their feelings are valid. Yeah. I have done a lot of courses on psychology um, in my undergraduate work. Uh, uh, I did a lot of work in psychology and then I became interested in doing a lot of work in trauma. Yeah. And that is underlying a lot of my trainings as well. And people think of trauma as big life trauma. Right. I will suggest to you that we all have trauma. Yes. Whether it is big, something big that's happened, whether it's childhood or going through a collective pandemic, we have all experienced this trauma. Absolutely. So my teachings speak to this knowing of this connected experience of um, how yoga can really heal and serve this trauma that we all have experienced. Lovely. Um, how did and, you see um, the shift happening in your students during the pandemic? Well, at first there were people who couldn't even practice. Okay. You know, I had to reach out and reel them back in. They, they were either afraid of the technology or were so depleted by this fear of the unknown. Because in the beginning, of course, we had a different sensibility about it. We didn't really know what COVID can do. Right. And then we became a little bit more aware and educated and more cautious and safe. And we all have our own perspectives about what we should do and how we should do it. And I don't get into that. Um, and so um, once they came back in, I geared my practices to be a little bit more um, empathetic and sympathetic and doing things like more breath work. Mm -hmm. And not have the practices so strong asana based, right? Which which our vinyasa is, mm -hmm. but I shifted the way that I taught based on my teachings, yeah. and um, you know that's just a skill doing mm -hmm. teaching for a long time. So I I you know you have to be somewhat of an empath and compassionate person to even feel over Zoom, and I, I learned how to do that. It, it's just a skill. It is. Uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm giggling because, you know, I'm a, I'm a trained Chinese face reader and, yeah. um, and I look at your beautiful face and you've got a lot of the elements present, but the, the two primary elements that are showing up are water and metal in your face. And when you put both of those together, what it creates is a highly sensitive, empathetic person, you know? And yeah. I, I love sharing that because for people who are really working on living their dharma, on knowing themselves, on bringing every aspect of who they are into their lives and into their work, what it creates is what I see in you, is a person who is on her path and knows her path and is, is experiencing this high level of connection and joy no matter what's happening in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so you are using your your very natural innate um, gifts, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, 
Mm-hmm. Yes. So I am very sensitive sometimes to detriment, yeah. <laughs> you know, I take it in, but, you know, as a teacher, yoga teacher, you know, we use this phrase a lot, holding space. Yes. Right. And I think sometimes it's overused. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that really mean? You know, I, I, I just had a class, I just taught two classes this morning and there were two very different energies. And this last class was a yin practice, which is a more surrendered practice, deeper holds. And the energy was a little heavy today for some mm. reason. Like I just felt that. And you become aware of that and holding space. So right. I shifted the dialogue of what I intended and I allowed for that. And I, I let them be and, and led the class as such. Um, and I think a good yoga teacher really learns to be sensitive to that. And I don't think you can teach that. No. I think, you know, I, I demo a lot of teachers to teach at my studio and some very skilled. And I will say, you know, when somebody is just connected to, I don't know, a path of service plus mm-hmm. a path of knowing. And if they're continuing to do the work. Sure. Right? You, you need know, to do your own work. I will say you need to do your own work if you're going to be a teacher of any kind. Yes. And that in itself is um, the path of a yogi. I'm, I I'm think that's, doing the, my that's work. the key. <laughs> that really is the key. I think of the word presence. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we can't be present with others unless we're present with ourselves and with yes. our own energy, right? And, and that is a skill that has to be cultivated. Mm-hmm. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't happen overnight. And even those of us who think we're pretty good at it, um, we can fall out, out of it. In, oh, you know, yeah. I will say in my younger days, <laughs> yeah, you know, there was not that mind-body connection. You know, I've always been into the, the movement arts and the, the spiritual and the, and, the, and the connection to the body specifically. But in the last few years, I really have cultivated my sense of... Um, how I can understand my own self in a way to um, share that with others. And I think if, as soon as you stop doing that work, it's very hard to be a teacher in this field. Yes. It must continue. I know when I do things wrong or I've acted wrong to people. And I mean, that's the work of a yogi, any human being. And then you see yourself elevated. And then as you elevate, you can elevate others. So I always tell when I lead teacher trainings, I say, look, I'm on the same path. I'm continuing my education. I'm continuing my learning because then I can give to them. I can give to others. And I think somebody who's teaching yoga specifically needs to be. (laughs) Absolutely. I think the teachers of today, whatever it is that you're teaching, are, are the ones who are really doing their own work. And as they're doing the work, they're bringing it forward to, yeah. to support others. And, and so it, it turns out to be a very authentic style yes. of leadership and teaching um, that's very genuine. And people, people really love that. And, and it yeah. feels good. I, I hope that to be true because, you know, when I lead my trainings or my classes, I always tell people like, I'm leaving it here for you. Right. Everything (laughs) that I know that I could possibly share and reflect, because I think that's important as um, a teacher. And then people will take what they need at the right time. 
Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, thank you so much for that. I, I want to talk about a couple other things because yes. we also have, you know, business owners, individuals who are entrepreneurs in this group and, and a lot of women who also want to eventually, you know, take that entrepreneurship route and, um, and build community. Um, what, you know, you've got a thriving community. I can see that. And, and it's, it's beautiful to watch. What are some of the tips that you can offer um, entrepreneurs or small business owners that want to build community? You know, what's a way to do it effectively? Or if you have a couple of tips that have worked really well for you. Yeah. So um, that's really interesting. I think the main thing is to be true to yourself. Mm. I, you know, it is no secret that the yoga community in South Florida, it is, there's a lot of it. It's the competitive business. You would not think so. You think, oh, yogis are love and light. But, you know, there's, there's a lot of studios and everybody's vying for the same eyes or the same sure. business. I try to be like a racehorse, literally wearing blinders, because then I cannot connect to what I truly do best if I keep looking outward at what everybody else is doing. So I really, really don't try to follow other social media or see what other people are doing. I try to connect to what is the most important thing that I can offer with my team in my studio to my community. Mm. And I check in every day with that. It is not easy to do. It's, you know, having a yoga studio is not for the faint of heart. It is not a billion dollar right. <laughs> plan for success. Um, you know, the, it's the multi-billion dollar business, except for the studios and the teachers. Right. <laughs> um, unfortunately. Yes. Um, so I am, I listen and I've learned this the hard way. I listen to my heart mm. every single day to what kind of things I want to offer, how I write my teacher trainings. Um, they're a little unique. Mm -hmm. Um, to the types of classes that I offer here, to the events that I offer here. I think you must listen to what is your door. You know, if you're going to take the path of doing this, yeah. make it your own, make it your own. And I really, really, I try to do that as best as I can and not get into the dialogue of what everybody else is doing. I come into the studio. I hit the ground running every day doing work. And I do a lot of the work here. Sure. Um, you know, we're still in a pandemic. Business is not flying. Um, so I do a lot of my own marketing. I do the scheduling. I reach out to people that, you know, a lot of it falls on my shoulders. Right. So what is it going to take to be an authentic experience for me um, is to listen to my own heart. And I think in any business, obviously you need to learn about your craft you need to learn marketing. I just launched a new website. So you need to learn about SEO and marketing oh and all gosh. that stuff, which yeah. I don't really want to, but I have to. But I just launched a new website, so I have to. So you have to do the business stuff. Yes. But I will tell everybody that I speak to is you have to find your path because I will tell you there may be 5,000 yoga studios and 5 million teachers, but there's nobody like you. 
Yes. There's so nobody like you. There's yeah. nobody like me. You know, good, bad, or indifferent, right? Yeah. If you really sit and do the work and listen to your heart and you teach from a place of authenticity, and I really, really try to, mm-hmm. I really, really try to, um, I definitely feel you will find success. If you do anything over a long period of time with zest, which this is in the yoga sutras, with a pure heart, like uh, there's nothing that I love more than what I'm doing right now, that you will have success. So I, I say to everybody, listen to your heart. That is your drum. There's a stirrings of that feeling inside of you. There is going to be people that tell you, oh, that fern, she doesn't know what she's doing, or they'll put you down. Or there's going to be that in every field that you sure. do. You know, yeah, there's always going to be people putting on those blinders, putting on the yeah. earmuffs. And, and there'll be people anything. that don't like you for whatever reason. Right. That's life, right? But yeah. if you wake up and you say, this is what my purpose is, and I have joy in doing this, and I'm going to just have this plan of action, and I'm not going to let all the noise come into my world, you will have that space. And I have a beautiful community here who has supported me um, endlessly. I'm so grateful. I wake up every day grateful. I've never known gratitude until I've more than opening this studio. Um, And, you know, one student, a day, somebody new comes in the door. We've had two new people come in today. Wonderful. Everybody is everybody is valuable. Yes. Everybody is worth your while. Yeah. Everybody is meaningful to your business. And I think sometimes we forget. We get caught up in the numbers. We get caught up with other people, what other people are doing. Some days are slow. And then some days are not. You yeah. have to detach from... Um, you know, your feelings of fear and unworthiness, which will always come and just, Absolutely. you're living your purpose. I promise you, you can't but succeed. Um, and so that's how I live my day every day. I, I it took me a long time in my life to do that. You know, yeah. it's, well, I love it. you know, I, I love <laughs> that what you're sharing is, um, is very emotional and raw and it's not so. about, Hey, um, you know, I'm spending X amount of dollars on ads to get new community members. No, it's about, you know, <laughs> knowing. Yeah. You know what? Your heart I, that is there. <laughs> you know, I don't have a big budget and I do when I can, I do. And I, I do social media all the time. And even that I do myself because I feel like it's authentic and I can connect with people. But yes, you need to have money to run a business, but then you need to have the heart. Yeah. You know, because people will know. Um, they feel it. And I think you know, that's, that's how we build community ultimately yes. is the energy you're pouring out is the energy that they're feeling and they're attracted to. And and yes. that's why the comparisonitis doesn't really matter because we're we're searching for something that we need and we're going to find it, right? Your vibe attracts your tribe. And I yeah. hear that every day. People walk in and they're like, Wow. Like I can really feel, you know, you hear what you put into this here and then it tracks the, the teachers that I have on my team, which are all amazing. And they, I allow them to just do them there. You know, I don't have formula teaching. Um, 
and they attract their vibe. Some may like me, some are like them. And I create this space where everybody can flourish. And sometimes it takes me to step back from my ego. There's always that entanglement. And it is a work in progress every day. But if you really come from a place of doing something that is pure and you believe in, you can't but succeed. I love and that. Not by, not by into, yeah, not by into all of the nonsense. Cause believe me, it's there. Just, just, yeah. you know, know thyself, do the work, be firm in your convictions. And um, that's how I live my life. Yeah, truly. That's the path, truly. That's the path. I love yeah. it. I love what Paul, Paul is saying here. Paula, thank you. You've been so engaged. I'm so grateful. To oh, have I can't here. see. <laughs> uh, well, she said, comparison is the thief of joy. So true. You know, and she also says the authentic energy that is felt at Dancing Lion is so tangible. So there you go. You've got uh, one of your biggest fans joining us live. Uh, today. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, it's, it's, we've got it's a true, few minutes you know? left. And oh gosh, it goes so fast. <laughs> I know it really does. But I want to, I want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, your daily ritual and spiritual practice. You know, we can have all these ideas in our mind, especially because of who you are, because you're a yogi, because you own a studio. And, um, but it's a very personal thing, right? And, and we don't want to build assumptions around what is a right practice and what is a wrong practice. There's only the practice <laughs> course for us, right? Yeah. And I'd love to know, you know, if you have a morning practice or an evening practice, what what are those practices and, and why do they support you? <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, so <laughs> I say that and I'll explain why, because um, not every practice is right for every day. Right. And I say that to everybody. Sometimes the best practice is to just not have a practice. Yep. Sometimes it's just to sit and breathe. Yeah. Sometimes it's to move the body. I mean, my, I've moved my body my whole life. So that's my way of expressing, right? I move the body. Um, sometimes it's to sit in meditation. I will say that um, I am a certified yoga nidra teacher, which is a very specific type of meditation. And um, we do teach that here. And that has served me in my most difficult times. I think growing quiet with your thoughts in any way. And that's one thing I teach people. I teach a lot of meditation classes is there's no right way to meditate. If you can just be still with your thoughts for a few minutes yeah, and let the noise fall away and get in touch with your true feelings. And some of them may not be so nice, right? <laughs> We're all not nice people all the time. <laughs> some of them may be a little harsh, but then you can move through that energy. And then you find what you, what I have found your true North, your true purpose. So not every day is the same for me. Beautiful. Um, sometimes I come in here and I have the luxury of this beautiful space and I'll do my own practice. I'll move. Sometimes it's a strong vinyasa. Sometimes it's the yin. Sometimes at home, I will, um, I do try to meditate as much as I can, but even that doesn't always mean the same thing. You don't have to just sit and have no thoughts. Right. It's to be able to understand your thoughts. So I know this is a, a circuitous answer, but my practices are very different daily because yeah. I listen to what my body needs. There and you go. I do recommend that to my 
students, to my yogis on honoring your body and what you need. But I do recommend moving the body and I do recommend a meditation practice. Yeah. A lot of people fear that either they don't want to get quiet with their thoughts. But if you can move past that in any particular way of meditating, there's many ways. I think once you know thyself, it yeah. leads you to your happier life, yes. to your true north, through your dharma, through to your dharma. Yes. Um, we are so conditioned sometimes, and we have thoughts that our parents gave us or our environment gave us, and then they're not really us. Mm-mm. And we are afraid to let go of that. We are, and we don't know what the no. true voice is unless we get quiet mm-hmm. and ask the questions and so, the answers. Yeah. yeah, so the spiritual path, sometimes people think of spiritual as um, more woo, and you and I love the woo. <laughs> doesn't necessarily have to be religious or um, connection to any divine other than your own heart. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. That's the divine. That's the divine. What is your heart saying? What does your heart need? And if you can find that a little bit of that every day, you know, yeah, the spark of the divine and you're a lot, you're living large because so many people are suffering Mm -hmm. and sometimes we can end our own suffering if we just sit in quiet and we realize that we can detach from it. Yes. We don't have to, Thank you. we don't have to suffer. And if I can, I always, I have a motto that if I can make somebody feel a little better when they leave me than when they came, then I've done my job. That's what I strive every day. Yes. You can leave my presence feeling a little better than when you arrived. You've done your job. My work is done. Right. Beautiful. I feel great. I think you speak to something that's really important and that's that we're each unique. We're each very different. Of course, I see this every day doing astrology and human design. Mm -hmm. And one of, one of the components of human design that I love is that um, we can understand that. and, and, And most of us know this intuitively, you know, that I need discipline in my life. I need consistency. Mm -hmm. And then there's others of us that really just need to flow. And by knowing and understanding who we are, what really serves us, we can flow with our practice and not feel like we have to. Right. But I will say the flow came from having some discipline first, because I know myself. um, I'm a Sagittarian. (laughs) I I need my freedom a little bit. (laughs) So doing very structured all the time, um, even within the structure, Mm-hmm. I, I give people the opportunity to find their space and rhythm. Even when I teach, um, you know, I just had a yin class and I know there was a lot of energy that was being held and I give people the opportunity to move into a pose sometimes a little differently than when I'm offering because that's the way their energy may need to move today. Right. And so even within the discipline of something, there can be a little freedom. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's great. Paula says, can we do a human design workshop at Dancing Lion? Of course. (laughs) Of course. No, I'm always ready. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. That's what we do here. Yes. (laughs) A lot of teaching, of course. Yeah. I, I am a Gemini rising. Gemini is the, um, master of my chart. I also have Saturn in Gemini, which is my oh. you know, life purpose. So I I'm also here as a teacher and, um, <laughs> and thankfully I've, I've also like you Fern 
come to really recognize, you know, what my Dharma is. And, and, um, and it's not always instant. You got to go through oh, the whole no. life and bump, <laughs> bump into it. And then once you're able to own it, oh, putting it out into the world is just so freeing. Yes. Um, yeah. Okay. And that's, so. <laughs> that's what I hope to do to offer to the world with my teachings. You know, I, I, I love asana. I love movement, but really and my purpose is really helping people find their purpose. I do a yes. lot of work with that. A lot of my workshops around that. Um, in fact, I was invited to um, be a presenter at the Sedona Yoga Festival in a couple of weeks. And we're going to be talking about that. Um, so that's pretty exciting. So we're going to be wonderful. bringing the platform more nationally. And um I invite everybody to stop into our beautiful space. It's really special here. Um, Congratulations. Amazing. I will definitely come visit soon. I haven't personally yeah. visited your, but I love Delray and I try to head that way uh, once or twice a month. And so I'll make it a point yeah. to come visit your beautiful space. And uh, yeah. on, on the 13th of July, we're having our three-year anniversary party and it's actually a full moon that night. So it's going to be a full moon, three-year anniversary, three-year give or take your COVID. Wow, yes. <laughs> right? Yes. So I think we're it's so really important that you embrace that. Yeah. So we're having a big event. Um, people can find us on Dancing Lion Studio, both um, on Instagram and Facebook, and also me, Fern, on Con, Fern L. Con, both places. And, you know... We invite you to visit us. We do offer everything, pretty much everything on still on virtu virtually. And um, everything we do here is from the heart. It's it's truly a felt experience when you come he in here. And um, um, I, I, I'm just living the dream. Burn. I, just... <laughs> I totally feel that. I, I felt yeah. that today. I think everyone's going to feel that, how heart-centered. Yeah. Um, you are as a leader, as a community leader, and grateful for you today. Um, I'm grateful for you. Thanks. So everybody uh, stay in touch with Fern. You know where to find her. And yes. um, gosh, there was something I wanted to say in closing, and it, I think I lost it. <laughs> um, but oh, gosh, I wish I could remember what it was. Either oh, gosh, it'll come. Thank you. Thank you. I, I just wanted come. to thank you for this opportunity. Um, I love to do these things just to really hope to uplift and inspire. And even if you've never practiced yoga, you know, we, we kind of special specialize in that kind of student because sometimes people perceive it as something it isn't. And really, if you want to just get in touch with yourself and feel supported and held and move the body a little bit, you know, try a class somewhere. I couldn't know. agree more. And um, yeah. Thank you, Fern. Thank you for Thank being you. here. We'll oh, stay in touch. Great. Thank you for your yes. fierceness. Thank you for your flow. Oh, yes. And <laughs> And thank you, everybody, for listening and watching and hope to meet all of you soon. And um, I, I appreciate it, the time. Thank you. Okay, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in to Fierce and Flowing. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you prefer to watch it, make sure to find my YouTube link in the show notes. And I would love to connect with you on Instagram. You can find me at I period am period Monique period Renee. And that's with two E's. Can't wait to catch you next week. 
and on Instagram as well. Until then, make sure to tap into your fierceness and prioritize your flow. See you soon.